Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. Have you ever been involved in something important, but got so discouraged that you felt like giving up? If so, you can relate to the prophet Jeremiah. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah considers how the so-called weeping prophet kept going and how you can do the same. From Overcoming Loneliness, here's David to introduce the conclusion of his message, The Lonely Servant. Well, we're talking about a prophet who has a whole book called The Lamentations of Jeremiah, the cryings, the weepings, the mournings of Jeremiah. He um, had some great sadness in his life. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means to be a lonely servant. Let me just give you this word of encouragement before we get too far. You know the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and it comes from the Bible, and it comes from the heart of Jeremiah. Yes, he was a lonely prophet, but he knew the faithfulness of God. We'll talk more about that in just a moment as we open our Bibles together. Hey, we have a study guide for this series on loneliness. It's called Overcoming Loneliness. It will take us through the month of August. We'd love to send a study guide to you. You can order it from our website, which is davidjeremiah.org. And there's also a CD package available. Um, You will find many helpful resources at that spot. Once again, it's davidjeremiah.org. There you'll find all the information about the resources for this month and many other things. Be sure to ask for your copy of the book, God Has Not Forgotten You, when you send your gift during the month of August. Um, We'll be telling you a lot about this book during the month, but you can be among the first to order your copy. It's a beautiful gift book, and we want to send it to you. It's yours for the asking when you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of August. Just say simply, send me the book, and we'll do it. Well, let's get back to where we started. Yesterday, we were talking about the loneliness of Jeremiah, the servant of God. Here's the conclusion of that message. Read with me the 20th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, verses 14 through 18. Cursed be the day on which I was born. Let not the day on which my mother bore me be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, A male child is born unto thee, making him very glad. And let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew and repented not. And let him bear and the cry in the morning and the shouting at noontime, because he slew me not from the womb, that my mother might have been my grave, or her womb to be always great with me. Why came I forth out of the womb to see labor and sorrow, that my days should be consumed with shame? Wow. That guy has hit bottom. The same truth is found in the 15th chapter in verse 10. Woe is me, my mother, that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent on interest nor men have lent to me on interest, yet every one of them doth curse me. (laughs) I'm not even in money problems and still I hurt. And I think the epitome of 
Jeremiah's downward trend and his hurt is found in the second verse of the ninth chapter. And there isn't a leader, probably not a person, who hasn't felt the emotion that's expressed in what Jeremiah says in the second verse of the ninth chapter. He writes, Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them, for they are all adulterers and an assembly of treacherous men. And what he's saying is this, I wish I could locate a Motel 6 out in the desert and just go out there and run that thing and get out of all of this mess and all of these hassles, get away from these people and just open up in the morning and let people stay there and go to bed at night and wouldn't have any of this. I could just get it. Did you ever feel that way? But you know what? Jeremiah didn't quit. He didn't. He wanted to. I'm glad the Bible's recorded his emotion. Doesn't that make you feel better? to know that a guy in the Word of God had those emotions. You know, sometimes people say that the Bible paints plastic men and straw people, but it doesn't. It paints them just like they are, real flesh and blood individuals who breathe just like we do and feel like we do. And I'd like to spend the rest of our time in Bible study trying to help you understand what it was that kept that man from throwing in the towel, why he didn't quit. I think it will help you. It sure has helped me. First of all, turn in your Bibles to chapter 20 of Jeremiah and verse 9. And we see here at the beginning of this passage another kind of real emotion when you really get down. And some, if I can use this word, some temperaments are more like this than others. I don't know which ones are which, but I know that some temperaments have a tendency to do this more than others. Chapter 20, verse 7. O Lord, thou hast deceived me. And I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For since I spoke, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Now, this is where Jeremiah comes in his own life. He said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep my big mouth shut. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not saying anything about the Lord. Notice. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak of him anymore. But notice, but his word was in mine heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with keeping quiet, and I could not refrain from speaking. Isn't that something? Jeremiah said, I was so discouraged and distressed with the fact that nothing was happening the way it should. I just came to the conclusion that I'm not going to speak about God anymore. I'm not going to preach judgment anymore. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And he said, I couldn't do it because the word of God was in my bones burning and I had to let it out. I just had to let go of it because it was there and it demanded to be heard. As Paul in the New Testament cried out, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Reason number one for Jeremiah's steadfastness when he wanted to quit is this. He had a conviction of his calling. He wanted to get out, but he couldn't. He wanted to quit, but there was something in him that drove him onward. And what that something was, was the fact that God had called him to this work and put him in that place and given him a job to do and implanted his word within him. And no matter how he wanted to get away from it, he couldn't get away from the fact that he was where he was doing what God called him to do because God put him there. Do you remember his call? Flip back to the first chapter of Jeremiah. It's good to review it. Certainly this is... 
something that must have been going around in the mind of Jeremiah at this time. Verse 5 of Jeremiah 1, the Lord is speaking and he's saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Verse 7, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Now I want you to notice in those three verses the prominence of the perpendicular pronoun, I, in reference to the Lord. Now read those verses with me again. I form thee. I knew thee, I sanctified thee, I ordained thee, I shall send thee, I commanded thee. See, that was the whole thing. Jeremiah knew he wasn't there by his own design or because he wanted to be. He was where he was because God had put him down there and said, Jeremiah, do this. I've had some... Great counsel from my preacher father in the days gone by, for which I will always be grateful. But one of the things I remember he told me when I told him I thought God was calling me to preach was he said, David, if you can do anything else, do it. I thought that was a strange piece of advice coming from someone who had been praying all of his life that if it would be the will of God, he would call me into the ministry. But I understand what he meant. What he meant was this, if you can do anything else and be in the will of God, do it. Don't ever go into the ministry unless you're absolutely certain that that's where God has put you. And if you know that his call is upon your life, no matter what happens, you'll stay in it. One of the reasons why we have dropouts in the ministry is because a lot of people get in there who aren't really sure that's where they ought to be. And then when the test comes, the first temptation is to question your call. The problems are great and the pressure is on and you say, well, maybe God hasn't called me. That's an easy out, but it doesn't work if you know he has. You can't escape the call of God. And the reason that Jeremiah stayed true all through those years of ministry was because he had a conviction of his calling. I want to ask you, in the problems you face, are you where God wants you to be doing what God wants you to do in the best way you know how? Are you sure of that? Whatever comes, whatever problems hit you, if you know that, you're armed with a truth that will see you steadfast when others will fall. And you won't quit. Reason number two why Jeremiah didn't quit is this. He had a confidence in his companion. Notice chapter 20 and verse 11. Right after he's talked about the fact that he could not refrain, he goes on talking about his enemies a little bit. And then verse 11 is a great verse. He says, But the Lord is with me as a mighty terrible one. Now you want to have the Lord with you as a mighty terrible one if you've got enemies. (laughs) He's your comforter and your encourager and your loving Lord. But if you've got enemies who are against the righteousness of your commitment, then the Lord is a mighty terrible one and he's with you. And Jeremiah knew that. He knew he didn't face those problems alone. He had his moments of weakness when he cried out to God and maybe felt sorry for himself. But the reason he didn't give in to those feelings is because when he looked around in the midst of the battle, standing next to him was the mighty terrible one who was his Lord. And he was confident of his companionship. It was the same Lord who had said to him in chapter 1 in verse 8 when Jeremiah said he was afraid to speak in public. 
The Lord said to him, Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. The same God who said to Israel in the midst of coming captivity, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil. Turn to Isaiah. Let me just point to some passages that are kind of close together. And I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but Isaiah 40 and, and then just a couple of chapters over, Isaiah 43, have some of the greatest promises to God's people you'll ever find from the Old Testament and yet promises for us too. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There's no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to those who have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Chapter 41 and verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be thou not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Chapter 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord who created thee, O Jacob, and who formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. And the God who in verse 1 created us and redeemed us and called us is the God who promises in verse 2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. A confidence in the companionship of the Lord. He has promised to be with us. The great New England preacher, Jonathan Edwards, in his final hour on this earth, had said goodbye to all of his family and all of his loved ones. And according to those who watched him die, he turned on his pillow and closed his eyes, and he confidently said aloud, And now, where is this Jesus of Nazareth, my true and never-failing friend? What a way to die. What a way to go out just like he was expecting him to walk in the door. I've said goodbye to all my earthly friends. I've said goodbye to all my family. And I've spent all of my life in the companionship of the Lord. And now where is this Jesus of Nazareth, my true and never failing friend? And he was ushered into the eternal presence of his Lord. You know, sometimes when we think the pressure's on and the heat's on and we're discouraged and we're down and we're depressed and we're under the pile, we need to look around and see who it is who's walking through the storm with us. And be encouraged. Thirdly, not only a conviction of his calling and a confidence in his companion, but thirdly, he had a commitment beyond his circumstances. There's a very interesting passage in Jeremiah chapter 17, which we think ought to be in the Psalms, and it is, but it's also here. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. Why? For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, 
but her leaf shall be green and shall not be anxious in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Isn't that an interesting passage of scripture? The passage says this, that the person who is like the tree that's put his roots down into the soil and dug them down deep and spread them out wide when the drought comes and all of the other trees are perishing for the lack of nourishment, this tree shall not be anxious in the year of drought because preparation has been made with the depth of the roots and the width that causes strength. And when anxiety might be upon them, there is no anxiety because the commitment of that tree reaches beyond the circumstances of the storm. Jeremiah would teach us by his writing that if we're to succeed in the midst of trouble and difficulty, if we're to keep from the desire to quit when the going gets tough, we need to get our roots down deep and we need to spread them out wide and we need to have stability in our Christian life and a commitment that goes beyond our circumstances. Faith says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Faith says, he that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again, bringing his sheaves with him. Faith says, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Proverbs 24.10 says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. The last thing I'd like to share with you that kept Jeremiah in the midst of all of that and wouldn't let him quit is a verse that seems almost out of context in this very sad and doleful book. It's in the 20th chapter and the 13th verse. It's right after that verse about the Lord being a terrible, mighty one. Verse 13, Sing unto the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of evildoers. I'd like to suggest to you that even in the midst of all of these troubles and difficulties, Jeremiah could still find something for which he could sing and some encouragement to praise the Lord. Most of the book we read is a book filled with difficulty and sorrow and crying out to God. But here in the midst of all of that, there's a verse that pops out of the text about having a chorus of celebration, even in the midst of difficulty. You know, it's interesting that some people take aspirin because they think that it takes care of their problem. But if I understand aspirin, it doesn't do anything but raise the threshold of pain. It doesn't deal with the problem. It makes you feel better because you don't feel how bad you feel. And you know that joy is like that? Happiness and joy is like a spiritual aspirin. It raises the threshold of pain. Did you know that? When you are filled with the joy of the Lord, the hurts that are around you don't touch you quite so quickly. I have to say that that's one of the reasons why, as your pastor, I am so deeply committed to music. Music literally raises the threshold of pain in my life and in yours. <laughs> there are days when I can be discouraged and I'll go home and begin to listen to music and God uses that to assuage my soul and bring me up out of that. It isn't any wonder that Saul 
required that David would come and play on his harp to do what? Raise the threshold of his pain and depression and bring him up out of it. That's what music does in all of our hearts. And that's what it did in the life of Jeremiah. I just touch on that because it's an interesting insight in this book that periodically a kind of outburst of joy jumps out of the text. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your what? Your strength. For 14 years, every August, our family went to the same place. And it was really a very special tradition in our lives. There were some friends of ours who were the president of the Bible Club movement that centered in Philadelphia, who were in the first church that we went to after seminary, who had two duplexes right on the ocean. And God laid it upon their heart early in our lives, right after we had gone there, to let Donna and I have that apartment while they were at leadership conference every year. And it just sort of became a tradition. Every year during leadership conference for Bible Club movement, we would live in that apartment right on the ocean. It was a joy. But when I went to Philadelphia, I used to get up every morning, and there was a little place down at the corner where they made homemade donuts, and you went down, you could get a good cup of coffee, and I'd get the Philadelphia Inquirer, and oh, what a delight that was. And I almost read it from cover to cover sometimes because there was so much good news in there and, and so many good stories and illustrations. This particular day, there was a story about Otto Frank, who was the father of Anne Frank. And we have immortalized her with the play, The Diary of Anne Frank. On this particular day, Otto, her father, had died. And they had written an article about him. And they talked about his life and Anne's life during her time of persecution and during the time when she was shut up by the enemy. And in the story, there was a little paragraph that was quoted out of her diary that was written while she was in confinement. And I wrote it down. This is what she wrote in her diary on February 23, 1944. Quote, Nearly every morning I go up to the attic. From my favorite spot on the floor I look up at the blue sky. As long as this exists, I thought, and I may live to see it, this sunshine, the cloudless skies, while this lasts, I cannot be unhappy. Riches can all be lost, but that happiness in your own heart can only be veiled. In confinement, with only the blue sky to encourage her. And I thought as I read that, and that's great, but I have something better. For when I look up out of the circumstances of my life that make me discouraged, I see not only the blue sky, but I see the God who made them. I look beyond the circumstances into the face of one who loves me more than I can know, and who would never allow me to go through anything that is not for my own good. And I say in her words, As long as this exists, and I may live to see it, I cannot be unhappy. Amen. Amen. Don't quit. Well, every time I speak, every day that I teach, there's somebody listening to me who's on the verge of walking away. And perhaps you've listened today, and that's where you were or where you are. 
Let me just say it again. Don't quit. Nothing good comes out of quitting. And uh, you will look back on this moment of pressure when you determined to go forward and realize this was the beginning of everything God had in store for you for the future. Tomorrow here on Turning Point, we're going to talk about a man named Joseph. And uh, you talk about loneliness. This guy spent a lot of time in prison. He spent some time in a pit where his brothers put him. He was isolated in a land where he was the only Hebrew in leadership. Yeah, he, he knew something about loneliness, and we'll learn from him tomorrow as we open our Bibles to the book of Genesis and talk about the lonely son. And we have a book we want to send to you, uh, and we want you to be blessed by this book. We need to ask you to help us with your gift during the month of August. Your gifts to Turning Point make it possible for us to do what we do. We are now on radio stations all over America and many places around the world. We're able to do that because of folks just like you who stand with us and support us through your offerings, through your faithful giving. And we try to be responsive to that with um, resources that we know will add value to your life. So this book, God Has Not Forgotten You, you will love it. It's beautiful. It's filled with wonderful truth. And it's yours for the asking when you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of August. See you again tomorrow right here on This Good Station. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. Will you send us your personal story of Turning Point's impact? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, God Has Not Forgotten You, and learn to trust the Lord in times of uncertainty. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series Overcoming Loneliness here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Thank you for your prayers and support of Turning Point. We invite you to make an even bigger impact by becoming one of our Bible Strong partners, a special group whose support of the ministry is crucial in helping Dr. David Jeremiah deliver the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. Turning Point is committed to presenting sound biblical teaching all across Canada. And when you stand with us in partnership, we also commit to you to provide you with empowering resources to keep you Bible Strong. When you set up your online account at davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong, you will have instant access to Dr. Jeremiah's topical living library audio messages and his companion booklets, exclusive club resources, and our quarterly Influencing Your World newsletter. You can also purchase additional study guides at a 50% discount for personal or small group studies with our convenient one-click checkout. Plus, join our exclusive Facebook page. You will have special access to new audio podcasts and additional content from Dr. Jeremiah. Join with other Bible Strong partners today by committing to give $25 or more each month. 
Your prayers and donations are the backbone of Turning Point, keeping us Bible strong. For more information or to join, visit our website today at davidjeremiah.ca slash Biblestrong. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV.